Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Brian Haydad here with you on a Sunday uh, evening, afternoon, whatever it is for you, or a Monday morning. Thanks for joining me at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our service minimum out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors, Strange Brew Coffee House and Chart and Spoon Ice Cream. Make sure you start each day the right way, and that's pulling up to the drive-thru over there at Strange Brew, over to the walk-up window on University Drive, and picking up an ice-cold or piping hot Strange Brew Beverage, whatever your preference is, you know you're going to get exactly what you order every time with a smile, great people, great service, and a great local business. Make sure you're taking care of our friends at Strange Brew Coffee House. Plenty of national championship merchandise still for sale at College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. And, of course, football is just weeks away. Now's the time. Don't waste time up here in Starkville standing in line at those businesses. Have your Mississippi State gear on when you get into town because you bought it at College Corner. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They are in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. <clears throat> Excuse me. Humble Taco is Starkville's newest and best Mexican restaurant and Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. It is some of the most unique stuff you'll ever find, not just here in Starkville, but anywhere you go. No other Mexican restaurant like Humble Taco. Check them out. Head over there. Enjoy the patio. Enjoy a handcrafted margarita. Enjoy some delicious food every time you're at Humble Taco. No Robbie today. I had a special guest host lined up, but something fell through with that. So you just have to deal with me. It means the podcast won't be very long, but man, do we have a lot of information to get through. We'll talk recruiting in the second half of the show. But I was at Davis Wade Stadium on Saturday for uh, the football scrimmage and came away with some uh, some interesting impressions, which I'll share with you now. First off, one of those things where you know you have to sort of look at things in totality because if you just look at the guys' numbers all together, you think, wow, you know, nobody was really that impressive. But then when you add everything up and you realize State threw for th- well over 300 yards, closer to 400 yards, um, you know, you feel okay. Now, I think it's 400, uh, 345, 346 yards on over 60 attempts. So that's not, that's not particularly great. The yards per completion is good. The yards per, per attempt is not exactly where you want it to be. Um, but still a pretty acceptable day. Will Rogers was 11 of 20 for 79 yards and one touchdown. Shout out to our, all my friends on the beat, my fake friends, uh, for keeping the stats for me. I kept the defensive stats. So when we get to those, that's all me, baby. Um, Rogers 11 of 20, 17 yards and a touchdown. All of his series were against the ones and some twos. So it's important to take everything we say about the offense into account with this statement. We got to take that. There's the grain of salt. We expect this defense to be really good, don't we? We think this defense is going to be better than it was last year. And they're playing their defense. It's, it's Zach Arnett's defense. We're not seeing drop eight here. That means they're playing some man coverage with two of the best cover corners in the country out there locking guys up. A lot of depth in the safeties and a, a front six that can get after the quarterback. 
So the offensive numbers, if the offensive numbers were really great against this defense, I would be worried about the defense more than I would say, oh, those offensive numbers aren't that good. It's because they're playing a good defense, a really good defense. So if you're overly worried about what's what you're seeing out of these scrimmages, I mean, this is the, this is the uh, the double-edged sword of the scrimmage. One side does good, one side does bad. Well, who are you worried about? Who should you praise? I'll never forget. Uh, what was it? Two thousand three, when the 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 news out of the scrimmage was that Fant was throwing for like four hundred yards of scrimmage, and Antonio Hargrove was having these 150, 160 yard days, and Justin Jenkins was having 150, 160 yard days. You know, wow. This offense is going to be great. No, that was the worst defense in, that we had ever seen at that time. Peter Sermon would do worse when he got here. So, you know, take everything with a grain of salt. And the grain of salt here is this defense is really, really good. So, you know, offensively, they're going to be a little limited against this defense. I expect most offenses will be a little limited. Maybe not Alabama. But other than that, everybody else is going to struggle to find yards and, and touchdowns. But Rodgers didn't turn it over. He found a bunch of receivers. Um, Jaden Wally only had a couple catches. Austin Williams had four catches on the day. Makai Polk continues to play well. Three catches for him. A couple catches for uh, Jameer Calvin. A couple catches for Rufus Harvey. He, I thought he was uh, relatively impressive. Here's a, here's a stat line that I like. Jaquavius Marks, three catches, thir- 24 yards. Eight yards a catch, boom. Boom. You got me right there. I'll take it. Quentin Torbor, four catches for 53 yards. Now, let's not... Turn him into, you know, the new Kareem Walker or anything. I don't think Quentin Torbor plays a huge role this year, but again, this is an offense where seven, eight, nine guys are gonna catch 25, 30 passes. Could Quentin Torbor be the bottom guy on that list and finish the year with 25 catches for 350 yards or anything like that? Yeah, sure, why not? Why couldn't he be that guy? There's no reason to think it's not possible. So that's something to look out for. Um running the ball. Not, 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 not terrible. Again, Marks, three, catch, three rushes for 22 yards, eight yards a rush. I, there was no the, the rushing yards don't account QB rushes, of which there were some. Will Rogers, in particular, had a couple of good scrambles where he couldn't find anybody. He cut up field, and he got you know, seven, eight yards. So, And he probably could have had some more. Another thing about these scrimmages, and I'll just, you, know, you can't hit the quarterbacks, right? So if anybody puts a hand on a quarterback, that's where the play is dead. That's why you see a lot of sacks in these uh, – in these scrimmages. You know, you come down here right here, and there were a total of, what, one, two, three, four, five, uh, I think seven sacks. Well, it's because if you touch the quarterback, the play's over. And in reality, a lot of these are the guy's just reaching out and he taps the quarterback and they blow the whistle. In reality, if that was a real play in a real game, Rodgers will continue to roll out and he'll break that. It, it, it'd be an easy tackle to break. So in reality, you see seven, eight sacks, maybe three. And you think, well, three's still a lot of sacks. Well, when you're throwing the ball 66 times, it's really not that many sacks. One sack per 20 attempts is not a, a terrible ratio. That said, I was impressed with, with some of the guys on defense. The guys who stood out to me were some of the younger guys. I thought Nick Mitchell was particularly impressive. I don't expect him to play a big role, but I thought that's a guy who you know State can, can look forward to in a few years. Ty Wheat, on the other hand, is a guy who will play a big role for Mississippi State. I thought he was very good. Uh, he had three sacks on the day, according to my numbers. Uh, just a beast coming off the edge. State has a lot working for it coming off the edge. They have When they have Charlton and Davis, and we'll talk about Davis in just a minute, and then you have Brule and Wheat behind them, that's a lot of firepower 
coming at quarterbacks from the edge. If Crumity and Pickering and, and Cam Young can hold up the middle, it's going to be heck. I'll, I'll say it. Robbie's not here to, 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 to chide me. It's going to be hell for some opposing defense offenses. Now, Jordan Davis did suffer an apparent – I hate to go Joe Moorhead on you – did suffer an apparent uh, lower body injury, shall we say. Uh, you know, was carted off the field, but was standing on – not under his own power, but wasn't limping – or wasn't had to, didn't have to have a leg up, had both feet on the ground. Uh, from the way he was moving, and now we're playing Dr. Haydad here, of which, guys, you know that I'm not one. I thought it would be more ankle than knee, which, you know, that's probably a good thing. Even a high ankle sprain, which is a nagging injury. It takes a while, but it's not a season ender most times than not. I don't think he broke anything. So we'll see. We'll have to see how that plays out. But I thought Jordan Davis, in the time he was playing, was very, very good. That's why this is a, this is a tough injury. Uh, Jack Harris would, came in as that, that defensive end uh, for the with the first team after him. So Harris and Duncan were your I'm sorry Harris and Charlton were your, your first team uh, defensive ends. Nathan Pickering, you might remember Robbie and I talking about him a little bit uh, last week that he just did not appear to be ready to he didn't ready, appear ready to play football. Whatever has happened in the week since has worked out for him. He looked very good, I thought. Was active, was around the ball. Three young defensive tackles, Crumity, Pickering, and Cam Young. That's a good group for Mississippi State. They will be able to rotate guys in and out and keep guys fresh. A um, couple of interceptions. Uh, Javon, I'm sorry, London Kraft and J.P. Purvis uh, had the interceptions. Purvis was a really good play. London Kraft was a ball thrown right to him. Both the picks came from the true freshman, Daniel Greek. Speaking of true freshman, Sawyer Robertson. You know, first real action for him. Now, he was against his fellow freshman out there. But he was 6 of 8 for 52 yards and a touchdown to Teddy Knox, uh, which was a, a good ball. You know, it's a 50-50 ball that Knox went up and made a play on, which I think this offense is sort of predicated on, right? Especially when you get in the red zone, there can be some times you just throw the ball up and you, you go make a play. State, last year, you know, the receivers, for the most part, didn't go up and make a play. This year that needs to happen. I think with Wally, Heath, Williams... And then we'll see what you get from the rest of those guys. Polk, you got to throw him in the mix. Polk is the starting wide receiver right now. I think you can go ahead and call State's receiving core. I think it's going to be from you know from side to side. It's going to be Polk on one end with Heath on the other, and the two slots are Wally and, and Williams. The only guy who I think could be beaten out at this point is Malik Heath. He didn't have a great scrimmage, one catch for nine yards. But it's not to say that he's not you know he's not doing the right things. He's playing hard. But Caleb Ducking, three catches for 22 yards. Ducking could be a guy who, 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 who challenges Heath for that other starting spot on the outside. I guess that would be the X. Wally is, is locked in. Polk is locked in. Austin Williams is locked in. Although I think Jamire Calvin will play a role and will push Austin Williams all year. Those guys are going to get probably a pretty close number of snaps. I think at this point it's obvious Jaquavius Marks is your guy at running back over Dylan Johnson. Dylan Johnson had three ke- three rushes for eight yards and three catches for 14 yards. Not his best day. Marks looks explosive. He's running with some power. I think he. I think it's pretty obvious he's TB, RB1, however you want to call it. And then you have the quarterback. I mean, Lovertich was 15, 19 of 30 on the day. So from a completion percentage standpoint, did better, 152 yards. But he played a ton more snaps. I, I, I would be willing to bet that the, if you – Gave Rodgers the same number of snaps that they gave Levertich, that these numbers would probably his numbers would have been a lot better than even Levertich's were, especially with Levertich competing against the uh, 
second and third team defenses. So what I take away from the scrimmage is this. Defensively, this team is going to be really good. I have no reason to doubt that whatsoever. Offensively, they're still working through some things, obviously. But you saw some of that zone read option. You saw some of that speed option. A couple of shovel passes. Some different uh, wrinkles to get the backs, the, the ball, to get the you know the ball out of the quarterback's hands and to create some running plays, even that aren't running plays. I also saw a little bit more, and this is something that made me happy, of the running backs being the, the first or second option in the passing plays, and some of those checkdowns turned into some decent gains. So I, I liked what I saw. There's still work to do offensively, and, and Mike Leach addressed that afterwards. I asked him, you know, three weeks of the first game, how close to game ready? He's like, not ready at all. Not ready at all. I'm glad we got three more weeks. So there's still a ways to go, no question about that. But if you're one of these people who's like, oh my God, these stats are just so awful. Eh. You can't tell me that, you can't in the same breath say, I expect this defense to be really good, and then say, I'm upset our offense didn't dominate the defense. You can't say those two things in the same breath if you're a Mississippi State fan. You got to be willing to say, okay, well, this team is really good defensively. So they're going to limit this team. I mean, it's tough to get open against Forbes and Emerson. That's going to be tough for everybody. Now, and I've said this many times before, I would like to see I would like to see Zach Arnett call a series or two where and, and get this in, get, you know, and maybe they maybe they're just not going to do this while we're watching. Maybe something's going to happen, you know, when they close down practice. I think starting next week. I think that's going to be sort of the towards the end of getting full access to practice where they, they're they going to drop eight, and they're going to show you those zone looks that we're going to see a lot of this season. Because I feel it's difficult to judge, you know, because they're just not going to see these kind of defenses against them, especially early in the season, until they prove they can beat zone coverage. Nobody's going man, I don't think, early on. So I would love to see that. I'd like to see Rodgers go out there, and against the first-team defense, all right, here come Charlton, Crumity, and Davis. Everybody else is dropping back into coverage. Get, pick somebody out. Get somebody open. So I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. I, like I said, that feels like something that might happen uh, behind closed doors. But all in all, for Mississippi State, I think it was a productive scrimmage. We got to see the defense. Injuries, obviously you weren't, we're concerned about Jordan Davis, but it feels like State's relatively healthy at this point. And uh, we'll, we'll see where it takes us. All right, let's move on over to recruiting. And that's brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. Don't forget, when you're looking to buy Welcome Home Beef products here in Starkville, it's just as simple as heading over to Val's Marketplace on Highway 12. They've got a meat counter full of great steaks, burgers, roast, and a lot of other cups, including cut cups. Did I say cups? Cuts. Cuts, Brian. Like tri-tip and uh, beef ribs and things of that nature. Briskets, all sorts of great stuff. And whatever you're looking for, just let the guys behind the counter know what, you, what it is, and they will get you taken care of. You'll cut fresh to order, and the price is right. Not just in Starville, though. Louisville, uh, Collinsville, Pontotoc, Corinth, Olive Branch, Bahalia, New Albany. All of your local grocery stores are picking up Welcome Home Beef products. If your local grocery store doesn't carry Welcome Home Beef, you need to find out why. Call your local grocer. Call Welcome Home Beef at 662-268-8148. Welcome Home Beef. Oh, that's right. He's not here. It just tastes good. Two Brothers Smoked Meats. That's the place to go when you're in Starkville. That's the place to hang out in the Cotton District. Smoked Southern Soul Food at its finest. Love eating at Two Brothers. Can't ever go there enough if you ask me. 
this football season, you know that place is going to be packed with the balcony, with the patio, and of course with the great food. Next time you're in Starville, make sure a stop at Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the Cotton District is on your to-do list. Advantage Business Systems takes care of your business two different ways. First and foremost, they offer an incredible selection of products and services, everything a business needs to grow, to thrive, and to move forward with more profits and less problems. Then, they back everything they sell up with the kind of customer service you would normally expect from your next-door neighbor, which is what Advantage Business Systems is. They are a Mississippi business. They work with Mississippians just like you and have been for 46 years. Nobody stays around that long unless they're taking care of their customers. So call them today. Find out what they can do for you. That number is 662-361-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. All right, the recruiting song giveth and the recruiting song taketh away uh, this past week. Bulldogs pick up a couple, of, pick up one commitment and lose one, both of the same position, and that's at cornerback. We're going to talk a little bit more in depth about that as soon as we get the names out of the way. But Donovan Johnson, 6'1", 185, out of Ellenwood, Georgia, commits to MSU. Only four offers. Two of them are pretty nondescript, Miami of Ohio and UT Martin. The other one's Auburn which has a pretty good track record with defensive backs. you know, And, and Derek Mason's a guy who, who knows defensive backs. So State getting that commitment, I, I need to see. I need to see if you know offers will continue to pull in for him, obviously. But the Auburn offer makes him an intriguing prospect to me. No ranking whatsoever, not from 24-7 sports or from the 24-7 composite. So no services ranked him. He's a Mississippi State commit, right? So 85, mid-three-star, something like that. We'll see. We'll see where that where that takes us. So he he comes into the class, which is now ranked twenty uh, eighth nationally, uh, ninth in the SEC. The departure is the junior college cornerback DeCarlos Nicholson. You might remember when he committed, and he, when and Robbie Falk was talking about his measurables and how he runs a legit four three or something like that. And I was thinking, you know, how is this guy committed to Mississippi State? Well, he's not anymore. Uh, in all likelihood, going to head to Florida State. Um, has visited there, has been officially offered. Uh, skipped MSU's top dog camp a week ago or two weeks ago uh, to be at Florida State. So I guess the writing may have been a little bit on the wall, whether or not we saw it or not. So interestingly enough, he was at the time State's lowest rated commitment, and his decommitment actually boosted State's average star rating, which is kind of funny when you think about it. Uh, but that said, my guess is he'll commit to Florida State and immediately be bumped up to uh, an 88, 89. Shout out to that guy. I forget who it was on 24 7. Who did all that research about showing the the incredible nature of commitments and decommitments and how the numbers really work against Mississippi State? I'm not claiming conspiracy or anything like that, but there is something something's off there. And I, I know it, and I know it's not well, you know, it's other services skewing the composite. But when you when you're when the, the name of the the, the measuring tool is the 24/7 Sports Composite. You got to have ownership of that, and if you don't, and you're going to sit there and try to say, "Well, it's these others," well, you, it's your name on it. So that's something that you know obviously needs to be addressed. Uh, State sitting now at 17 commitments. Let's talk about the DBs because it's such an interesting thing. State has a ton of them committed right now. Just looking at their uh, their commitment list right this second, you've got 
Jeterius Elam. Now, he is a guy that all indications are he will not end up being a part of this class. Has not been to camp, has not uh, performed this summer, has missed out on some opportunities to come to Starkville. Don't expect him to be a part of this class come December. Trent Singleton is locked in. He will be a part of this class. Uh, Wesley Miller from Heritage Academy in Columbus. Again, the guy you expect to be in this class. Tyler Woodard, already seeing some crystal balls go, going other ways with him. It feels like State's going to move on from him. Jordan Thomas and Kylon Griffin, right now everybody feels pretty solid about. And it feels like, you know, apparently they want to be a, a duo. They want to stick together. So unless Auburn or Alabama comes in and offers both of them, which seems unlikely, they should be a part of this class, but we'll have to see. Now you've added Donovan Johnson, and there's another player who uh, uh, supposedly will be uh, making his commitment to Mississippi State at some point, or at least that's what they expect. Uh, Audavian Collins is the young man's name. Uh, another another defensive back who, uh, you know, from out of state. And that's, that's the thing that sort of worries me right now, and Robbie has talked about this before, that with these out-of-state commitments, it feels like, you know, it just – it just doesn't ever work out, and, and we're seeing sort of that. You know, DeCarlos Nicholson is a Mississippi kid, but he's down at Gulf Coast, which I don't want to get into the whole argument that happened on Gene's page the other day, but obviously something is not right in the kingdom of Denmark, which is Mississippi Gulf Coast College. So I don't know what's going on there. And then, you know, Woodard, out-of-state kid, probably gone. And then Griffin and Thomas, it feels like an Auburn offer to Kylon Griffin and to Jordan Thomas, they would be headed to Auburn. Donovan Johnson's a Georgia kid. I have to assume if he has a huge senior year and Georgia decides to offer him, that he would probably decide to go to Georgia. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but we'll see. So we'll just have to, uh, you know, we'll just have to wait and see on that. I will say this for the defensive back recruiting: obviously, last year they made a lot, they had a lot of misses, and this year they have at least done the job of getting guys into the class. But I don't know how many of these guys are going to be there at the end. And I, I don't know. And, you know, there was a top 200 player in the state that's a defensive back, and State was never really in the game for him, for Kamari Rogers. Felt like right after he decommitted from LSU that State might have been the favorite at that point, but pretty quickly that went to Miami and Ole Miss. He's now committed to Miami. If you're asking me, my first thought is I expect the signing day flip. I expect him to end up at Ole Miss. Now, I know that, you know, people disagree with me on that, and that's fine. I feel like I've just seen the movie before. I feel like that's just how it goes so many times. So, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, you know, and as far as this class as a whole, still waiting on Stone Blanton. You know, don't know what's going to happen with Bryce and Hurst. Are they going to be able to flip one of the three big defensive linemen in this state? Uh, Quintel Jones, the big defensive lineman from uh, the state of, I believe, Tennessee, looks like Mississippi State's sort of trending positively for him. That would be a big pickup. Malachi Madison. I still don't get the Malachi Madison Josh White thing. I I really will never understand it. For those of you who aren't familiar, Josh White is a four-star defensive end who was set to commit to Mississippi State earlier this year. State told him to hold off on that because they felt good about getting guys like Trevion Williams and Xavier Harris and Malachi Madison. Now Trevion Williams is committed to Florida State. Xavier Harris is committed to Ole Miss. Malachi Madison isn't committed anywhere, but supposedly Virginia Tech is his leader. Madison is a low three-star guy. He's an 84 overall. Josh White was a high, you know, a mid four star, ninety one overall. And if you're going to be, you know, I understand that you know coaches have their own evaluations. I, I get that, really, I do. And I understand, uh, I understand that you're going to, you know, have your own evaluations. And I, you trust, I get, I get it, I, really, I do. But somebody, 
at some level sees more in Joshua White than they do at Malachi Madison, and they see a lot more, obviously. And, and then, you know, they're saying Josh White now, he's trending towards going to Memphis or whatever. That's fine. I get it. But you could take, you know, six points off his ranking, and he's still ranked higher than Malachi Madison, who we're so high on. I don't get it. I don't get it. Now, maybe Malachi Madison will commit to Mississippi State and be the next, you know, Fletcher Cox. I don't know. But it's an odd situation. The defensive tackle recruiting class in, in this class has been odd. You had three good prospects here in the state, and you haven't gotten any of them. They're all committed to other schools, even. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens there. That said, you know, if I you know put a positive spin on it, which I can, I still am impressed by how well this staff has recruited here in Mississippi, and I think they're doing pretty good. And even though the class isn't 28th, I mean, this time a year ago it was 58, 48, something like that. So they're still going to they're going to end up with a, a solid quality class. You know, the quarterbacks are good. Braden Locke's a good player. If Dakota Jordan survives the MLB draft, he'll be a good athlete running back for them. I think they'll end up with another wide receiver, which will be good. I like Hobson. Offensive line recruiting in this class has been very good. So it's been a good group. They just, they're still working out some kinks. The problem with that is, you know, you're, this Mississippi State's not the best place to learn on the job. You got to play Alabama and LSU every year. So at least for now, anyway. All right, guys. I expect Robbie back tomorrow. I'm not 100% sure about that, to be totally honest. Uh, if he's back, great. If he's not, well, we'll just do it again uh, as best we can. Uh, we're still on schedule for everything else. The rumblings, uh, our week two uh, preview this week, and now we're talking and our SEC preview this week. Ah, the Ole Miss Rebels. Whatever shall we say about our good, close, personal friends from Oxford? I can't wait to find out. Uh, so until tomorrow, uh, for Robbie Falk, who's not here, uh, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.